Surprise, we're back. That's right. We were gone for a bit. And now we're back. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. <laughs> this is a bit spursy. Ah! Ah, ah. Um, <laughs> it sounds like we've just emerged from like a bunker underground and have just seen daylight for the first time in months. <laughs> yeah, we've been in the cheese room uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And now we're back. What is the thing that the cheese room didn't actually get built? I think so. So not to just walk, step back out of our... <laughs> out of yeah, our city, yeah. After so much fanfare, the cheese room didn't end up getting created did it i don't think it did no i thought yeah so disappointing i know i know really upsetting that they didn't build that cheese room but um i guess sometimes you can't always get what you want as as was said by mick jagger well i wonder if this leads on to like other things like the f1 cart track is that maybe that doesn't actually ever exist but it's just listed as (laughs) a feature of the stadium i saw that was a ugh and then didn't look into it at all. Is it around the outside of the stadium? Is it around the inside of the stadium? Like, I think you... it's underground inside. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I, I think it's, I don't know the full extent of it, but it's basically just a partnership deal where they have a go-kart track <laughs> inside. Right. And there was something about up-and-coming drivers in in F1 and scouting for those, uh, or, or those. I think there's still a lot of sketchy details on what actually this means. But yep. I don't know if this ended up going on like the, you know, semi-professional karting circuit in Europe as a destination, then, I mean, that's cool if that was to happen. Mm. But if yeah. it was just an extra thing of like, you're at the stadium, do you want to just go to this go-kart? And it's just this <laughs> guy there in cords just walking around. You're like, you want to jump in or what? what? <laughs> and then not so much. 50p for a ride. <laughs> 50p for ride, 10p if you just want to look at the car. <laughs> and for one pound, you can get a photo with the car. Yeah. <laughs> don't know why that's the most expensive option, but. That's not official. That's just me side hustle. <laughs> yeah. I got stickers and T-shirts. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Danny Rose, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't go by that name no more. <laughs> He's got this mask on. Yeah. It would actually be amazing if the cart track went like up the side of the stadium, up around the skywalk. Mm-hmm. Like it was just the most insane like implementation of it possible. <laughs> yeah. Like blocks viewing. Yeah. Like this is the future. This is the future of football. We had some time off. Uh, you're away. I was unwell. Um, but we're back after, we're, we're kind of back after the, the um, soothing, uh, dummy in the mouth after the screaming. Oh, it was, yeah. It might seem like after the live game, we were just like, you know what? Can't be bothered. <laughs> let's just, let's just pretend that this podcast doesn't exist mm-hmm. and, uh, wait for it to get good again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll talk a bit about the both games, but uh, I think I, I don't understand what is happening because the Milan game was so bad. And the management of it as well was so bad. Yeah. And then the Forest game was so much better. Yeah. And it's probably like the most enjoyable I I, I think we've ever seen a Conte team for mm. us. Mm. Maybe, mm. maybe one of the games last season in like the run-in, but uh, just watching it, it was, I couldn't believe it, like how dynamic 
we looked. Yeah. And it yeah. actually looked like we wanted the ball and we wanted to play football. I mean, I think, as uh, they said in the next inch, I think maybe Forest just suck. But it was also, I think it was maybe one of the most enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. Uh, I'm trying to think if it's the most enjoyable game I've watched this year. But it feels like it is anyway. So that's the most important thing after what's been happening. And you're right. After AC Milan, that was just horrendous to to have that was was the perfect balm definitely it just absolutely soothed that little that little rash that had started developing mm-hmm. um i i get the idea that like forest are pretty rubbish mm. but then at the same time like we've played other rubbish teams and have looked really really incoherent and yep just just completely out of it whereas at least mm. this it's like we just seem to be completely all over them attacking wise we seem to be so much freer and mm. like Richarlison and Poro down the right, like that was looking so nice. Yeah. It seemed like we were moving the ball around much, much quicker too. Mm. And I know that's like such a simple like analysis <laughs> to, to make. Mm. Just go, go move it quicker. <laughs> um, but it genuinely seemed like when we got the ball, we weren't wasting time and we were wanting to push forward, wanting to push, wanting to push. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I'm very wary though of, of getting too carried away and thinking that, all right, everything's sorted now, but then again, we're back in kind of Conte territory of one game a week. So maybe we will see more performances like this. That's what I thought. I thought it was a celebration because Conte was like, thank God we don't have to play in any other cups. Now, finally, I'm going to instruct the team to play in a way that is uh, palatable to any human being. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was great. And, and you know, the big story of that week being, you know, Richarlison in the press being like, season's been shit. Um, and then Conte being like, he wasn't talking about me. (laughs) Well, he was. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, him starting and then coming out and playing how he played, not only getting that early goal that was then ruled off incorrectly. Mm. Um, but, uh, just for the whole game, how he played was, was fantastic. It was really interesting to see that we, when we have Kulisevsky, We've had him, like Kulisevsky pushing out wide, Emerson kind of inverting and coming in. Mm. But to see Richarlison for a lot of the game was playing even more central than Kane at times. And it, I think, uh, yeah, Forrest not great, but also I don't think they really knew what to do mm. because suddenly it's like we're not set up to play 4-4-2, but then when we were, sorry, 4-2-4, but when we're attacking, there were times where it looked more like a 4-2-4. And yeah. I feel like if you're not a very good team, you are going to struggle to adapt to that. And Forrest just looked to, to completely have no idea what to really do. Yeah, I think you're right. It, they did look like they had no idea about what what to do in the face of that. And I think to go back to the the VAR call, I just it's I, I don't want to discuss it, but I just want to uh, put or bring this to the table that we get shown one frame. The ball has already left Skip's foot, like, and it's so marginal. It's like, what is, what is this? Like, why was that called off? I don't understand. Yeah. And also they were zooming in to look, but then when they showed the actual lines in the call, they couldn't have zoomed out any further. Yeah. Um, And it looks like we're seeing little ants on the screen and just trying to work that out. Yeah. Um, I really don't understand either. It's like for all this technology, like the camera angles, like surely you just put a couple more cameras on the, around the stadium and you can get a better angle. Like, I mean, as we discussed, the, the go-kart track is probably taking up the spots where mm. that would go, but it's like, 
I, I don't understand how it's just still, it's trying to be so like technologically advanced, but then it really isn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, with the go-kart track, have the go-kart track going around, put cameras on them. They're F1 go-karts. They're going really fast. You get a panorama um, and you're ready to go. I, I am just so baffled by, like you said, the fact that it's like these technological advancements and it's so poor and so, uh, I don't know what the word is for not, adva- not advanced, yeah. <laughs> regressive. Um, it's bizarre. It's totally bizarre. And then also that the fact that it's hated, it's hated almost, you know, universally by fans. And that instead of being like, well, we tried this, it didn't work. Um, they are then like, we've improved it by making the lines thicker. You're like, well, that, wh- what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, that doesn't make sense. It's like the lines are still there then. And what, what do you mean? Mm. If the lines overlap, that cancels it out. Yeah. It, it's just so ridiculous that there's no advantage to the, the attackers here. And to be completely honest, like if Forrest had scored and it was ruled out like that, personally, I'd be happy in the sense of, all right, great. We haven't conceded. But then if someone said, honestly, should that be a goal? Like, it's hard to disagree and go, no, 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 that should be offside. That should be offside. Mm, it's like, mm. you want to see these move, moves happen. You don't want to see just this frame, which is just a camera shot from some dude in the corner of the stadium. Yeah. And just becomes like, oh, I reckon he's off. All right, done. Lines. Mm. <laughs> it's all sorted. Great. Yeah. It just makes no sense. And it just removes any fun from the game. Because seeing this, seeing Skip play that ball over the top mm. and the goal scored, I was, I was like, yes, great goal. Clearly that can't be offside. Mm. And then when you just see the delay on restart before VAR has even come up on screen <laughs> and you just, your heart sinks mm. and you just know it's not going to be good. It was almost like, oh, this is going to be too e Like the team we thought we were going to win are probably going to win. So let's just make this a little bit more interesting for the neutral. Like, yeah, I honestly without making absolutely wild accusations. I mean, I just kind of did, but there's no way to to sort of deconstruct it without being like, there is some kind of uh, conspiracy. (laughs) Oh, definitely. The too good rule just comes out. Yeah. Yep. So no, too good. We want to make it more of a contest. Too good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've already had one blowout seven nil the other week. Let's all settle down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. I'm so pleased that happened. Um, With, uh, sort of the game and and post game, you know, my feeling when Conte was absolutely stinking up the place, uh, with Milan, um, was like, oh, oh no. Like it wasn't like, I hate this man. Um, it was more just like, oh, I just want this to go well. What? And then post this game, it was kind of like, okay, cool. Let's take a breather. Um, how did you feel? Especially after Milan, I think it was just that feeling of, I want to come up for air. <laughs> like I, mm. I just want this to be over mm. whatever this is that we're in right now. I just want this to be over because it's, it, it doesn't feel great and it just feels so tiring and depressing. Mm. I just want it to mm. end. Like, yeah, it's just, I, I got, you know, I got a little bit frustrated again with the constant Conte rhetoric of like, well, the club knows what I want, the board know, but, you know, it takes time. We all have to have patience here. But then, of course, I'm not signing a long contract, so screw you all. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, I just want someone who's just on board now and Mm. who isn't going to just constantly call out these things. And, 
Yeah, it was interesting with Richarlison that you mentioned earlier too. When when Conte talked about Richarlison's season, and it's like he he threw in some unnecessary digs at him as well. Mm, mm. And he's like, went off to the World Cup, uh, didn't manage to win the World Cup, um, <laughs> yeah. came back. <laughs> And you're like, at that stage, I was like, oh no, if this, I hope this doesn't just keep going mm. and like keep getting worse from both sides and, and develop into some <laughs> yeah. huge blowout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love, I love the dig of like, went to the world cup, didn't win it. It's like, went to NASA, didn't fly to the moon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's just so ridiculous with a little smirk that Conte had on his face as well oh. when he said it. But yeah, it's weird now. Like, cause after this forest game, I'm wary of being pulled back in like that, um, Al Pacino gif. That always pops <laughs> up. Um, and yeah, it's like, if we play like we did against forest, then games, I think are going to be enjoyable again to watch yep. for the rest of the season. But just with how things are going, like, do I still want Conte to sign on again at the end of the year? I don't think so, because I think he would probably only sign an extra year or something anyway. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, we can't have this person, this, sorry, the manager who is in control so much more than the club where it's like every year they're like, mm, okay, another year. Let's see. Impress me with what you're going to do. Like, I think we need someone who's, you know, actually going to be committed a bit more long-term um, rather than just playing all these guessing games after every single press conference. Oh, absolutely. And like, you can't, I just can't believe that he's getting away. I mean, I don't know because I can't remember. And if this is wrong, please let me know in the Discord. But the fact that he says constantly, um, oh, well, these things take time and the, the fans aren't patient and then doesn't sign a deal. Like, why has no one been like, you haven't signed a deal? How can they possibly be patient with you if your contract is running out soon and they're seeing what they're seeing? Like you haven't committed. Um, but I, I don't know if that's been asked, um, but it should. Um, and it, look, it's so hard to know as well, always what's happening behind the scenes of these conversations, but yeah, if, if you're making these claims, if you, you can't have a go at someone else for not being committed to you, if you're not committing to them, mm, exactly. Like it makes no yeah. sense whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, um, it, it really is kind of just, just kind of mind boggling. So I, I do, I guess, believe the narrative that Conte is probably going to see out the season and will want to leave on as good terms as possible mm. um, because there's no need for him to really try and leave on bad terms. Mm. Like his contract is coming to an end. It's not like he has signed on for another five years and he's thinking like, all right, well, I need to just play so badly that they just sack me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like it's, it's within his interest, I think to, to keep his managerial stock high as well. And, uh, not not throw in the towel and then probably gets an easy exit at the end of the season, can go back to Italy and take over Milan or something there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it just, there is that talk of like, oh, he doesn't want it to end badly. But I'm like, it will. Like if he just kind of goes like, bye. It's like, <laughs> what? What? Like, are you serious? Um, after the club has invested in players that you want, apparently, um, and then players that have played like Dan Juma who played and scored <laughs> on his debut that now has not played 
it, I just, it's so baffling. And, and the rotation as well, it's like, what are you doing? Like we're three nil up and you, we don't rotate until the 84th minute. Yeah. So we need to rest these players. We need to rest Pierre. Yeah. We need to rest Kate. <laughs> we need to start doing this. Um, I think as well, however it ends, the narrative is always going to be spun in the same way as well, which probably isn't great of even if Conte got to it and he was, he was honestly in a position where he just wanted to go home and spend more time with his family and not live in a hotel anymore mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. It will come out as like, Daniel Levy wants more, doesn't back another manager. So Conte storms out. Even if yep. Conte came out and said, hey, I actually just want to go back to Italy. I've, I've enjoyed yep. my time here. It'll still be spun as like, well, he's just, he's just not saying how it is, is it? He's just yeah. lining it up for the cameras, but we know the truth. Victims often are nice to their aggressor. I found this great post on Facebook about it <laughs> from this middle-aged woman in a group that's called Hackney Buy and Sell. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Looking at the the options as well, and, and, and I hate that there's already rumours about who's going to sign and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God. Um, let's just not do this for a bit. <laughs> let's just see what we can do. Because, I mean, look, we've, we're in a pretty decent position. Like, for how bad people are saying our season is, um, honestly, it kind of seems like the fact that we've lost so many games instead of drawing a couple of them, mm. that's probably the big reason. Because yep. in terms of like wins, like, you know, we're still equal third with Man U on those, but mm. we do have nine losses and even teams like Brentford have, have lost fewer than that. And every other team basically above them, uh, apart from Fulham, have, um, have fewer losses. So I, I wonder if, because mm. we've had some losses in some games, which we really think we should have won, or we should have at least gotten a draw out of, maybe that has also kind of soured things a little bit because we're doing pretty well. Mm. Like if you just looked at this on paper, you would go, okay, they're doing all right. Their goal difference is okay. Like we're, we're not looking that, that shabby, but if you'd watched any of the football, you would think that, okay, this is, this is not great. But if we can start playing how we did on the weekend, then, you know, I, I think we could pr- pretty comfortably get fourth. Yeah. I think it's, we're not used to the method by which we are fourth, mm. which is, Horrible games, grinding, looking like absolute shit and winning against teams we should blow away and then just sort of like limping into fourth place when we're sort of used to, if we finish in the Champions League, it's like, da-da-da, we have like this season where, you know, we're like swashbuckling and carving teams up and and it hasn't been that. It's been this kind of like just monotonous, like drone <laughs> for you know, 27 games. I mean, so like other teams have been so inconsistent apart from really Newcastle. They're the ones who are just, I haven't watched their games apart from when we've played them Mm. this season, but are they just super boring? Like what's going on? Like, I know that they're like (laughs) not conceding, not scoring. They're really just grinding out results to, (laughs) to sort Mm. of build and get as high as they can. Um, I like it's going to be sooner or later before they overtake us and are spending hundreds of millions anyway and find whatever mm. way they can to do that. But I don't know. Like it's, I feel weird. I feel weird. Like I feel like we're in a position now where there is this little uptick against Forest, and 
I'm, I'm wary of getting too carried away until we see, I guess, a few games of that in a row. Um, mm. And then we can maybe relax and then feel good about getting up late to watch the games live again. Yeah, as opposed to being like, oh, God, like, great. I'm going to sit here at 2 a.m. and watch us, you know, <laughs> pass the ball around our back three and then play a long ball that we lose and then we lose the second ball and then we retain it in midfield and then, like, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be, that would be great if that could happen. Um, should we get stuck into these questions? Yeah, we've got a few questions that have uh, built up here. I might ask you the first one, Barney. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Sammy Z on Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still yep. feel that Conte is a very important part of the club's future uh, if they want to have ambition. That said, how frustrating is it to see Lucas Moura waltz into playing time and Dan Juma barely get a sniff? I have to assume that he isn't training that well, but still, why did we hijack a signing if he isn't going to play? I mean, I'm as baffled as you are, Sammy Z. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, and I don't know why Lucas Mora. I mean, this is across managers where it's like use the other option, and it's like, no, nah, I'm going Lucas all the way. Um, it just seems to consistently happen because I guess he brings lots of running around. So at least it looks like you've made uh, an impactful change. Obviously, to the seasoned viewer, you have not. Um, and yeah, Dan Juma, I don't, I do not get it. I do not understand. Um, it seems ridiculous, and it's a shame for him. Uh, why did we hijack a signing? Because. It's football and we're nasty, I, I, I imagine. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like it does, yeah, it, it, I, I agree. And it, it does seem odd where it's like you're basically signing at Everton, you're at the training ground. We call the agent, hey, come on, we want him instead. Mm. Um, do you want to play him? Uh, don't worry about that. Let's chat about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it was like that, uh, when you play FIFA manager mode and they're like, what's your role in the team? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, can I select a non-existent? Yeah, yeah. You'll be there. You're in the team. <laughs> what? And then we get the over-the-top animation of them storming out. Oh, this is a waste of time. And we... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the, like, lingering shot of you as the manager, like, doing a death stare as they yeah. walk out the door. <laughs> I'd love it if we eventually see, like, an all-or-nothing which shows that sort of negotiation happening and... This whole time we'd be going, you know what? FIFA is actually really accurate. <laughs> that's that's yeah, how that's it goes. Exactly down. what happens. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what happens. That's right. People um, talk and their mouth just move like puppets yeah. up and down, <laughs> and sound comes out. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Following on with Sammy Z, what really annoys me about Spurs fans is how quickly they go to the same Levy slash Enix slash Conte out narratives to explain why the club is not pushing on. At what point do we start criticizing the players for inconsistent performance? These guys are paid a lot of money and they are consistently inconsistent. I do, I do feel pundits and fans are giving the players too much of a pass on last week's form. Yeah. So... I usually err on the side of defending the players when there is so much inconsistency because the the way that I look at it is if you have one player who's inconsistent, cool, inconsistent performer, that's probably on the player. If you have a whole team that time and time again is just completely 
inconsistent. I really can't look at that and go, you know what? The whole squad are just inconsistent and they don't care. Mm. Um, to me, that is more of a management issue. Because uh, if you look at it at any other company, like if we're running a bookstore and it's like all of the people working for us, it's inconsistent all the time. You're never going to go like, well, the staff just really have to get it together. Like you're always going to look and go like, um, hey, managers, what's going on here? Mm. You need to work out a system that works for the staff that you have. So you actually mm. get them to do their jobs. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, so that's what I look at it. Like I, I think I will only really criticize players if you have Kane coming out and saying like, we're not winning trophies when we've had finals where Kane has not been uh, present, <laughs> to, mm. to put it nicely. Mm. And he's played really poorly. That's when I'll say like, hey. Well, where you got to the final, but you couldn't get over the line. So that can't just suddenly be on everyone else. But yeah, like as soon as a whole team is inconsistent, then personally, I usually would think that there's something about the management and the tactics that is the problem. Totally. I, I mean, I think it's always, uh, it's impossible to separate these things out. And when people like under Mourinho where it was like, blame the players, blame the manager. It's like, well, it's a mix of both because they're both in the same environment. They both affect each other. If the management are inconsistent in their tactics and they're not effective sometimes, then that's going to mean that the players are going to uh, not buy in. And it, it will be inconsistent because when it works, they might, but when it's not working, they'll check out because they're like, well, this again. Um, I think it's impossible to decipher what is the most prevalent kind of factor. And I think especially with this idea that, you know, like the players don't care, they get paid lots of money. Like these guys have, they are the best of the best of the best of the best. They have worked so hard to get to this point. It would be, there are some players that get there and they're like stuff this, but that's an anomaly rather than the norm of like, I don't care. It's like, well, they do care because their entire life has been focused on this one stupid game. And so if they're not investing in that one stupid game, their life is losing some of its purpose. So they're, they're not going to be checking out just because they don't feel like it. I just, I, I don't think that that's relevant pretty much in any professional sport. Yeah. I agree with that too. I think the only time you probably get players checking out a bit is if they have a really bad relationship with their manager and they yeah. feel that whatever they're doing is always going to be wrong for whatever their manager asks. Like I could mm. see that happening with someone like Conte, who's yeah. so rigid with everything that he asks players to do. And, you know, mm. you have someone like Richarlison who's, who comes out and is basically saying, hey, I'm trying to do these things. I know... Um, you know, I've been in the team, out the team, in the team, out the team. I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not then mm. like, it'd be really, really challenging in that scenario. Um, so I think when you have like, you see Conte on the sidelines and he's screaming at where the pass needs to go. Like after mm. a while, I think as plays, that's going to grind you down. Yeah. And you'll just be like, you know what? This isn't as much fun anymore. Mm. Um, yeah. but I don't think we're at that stage yet like i haven't seen us really like not trying as players um mm. i just see us when we're playing in certain ways that we are more so following instructions yeah like yeah. when we're sitting back i don't think that's the whole team going you know what let's just all sit back this half 
Yeah, yeah. Conte keeps on telling us to press, but I can't be bothered. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, actually. Yeah, I, I think, and like you said, even talking about that where it's like if um, the players feel like, okay, well, I think I'm doing it and then I'm missing out on making the team sheet. It's like, well, you know, oh, my cat is going mental. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, uh, it's not like they, you know, are then like coming onto the field for the game, they get picked and sitting down. Like, <laughs> that's just not how it, how it works. Look, I think this leads on to a question we have from Spurs fan. Uh, mm. And I love the username Spurs fan as well. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. Yeah, says <laughs> on the tin. There we go. Um, the question is, could Spurs' problems be that we hire these managers who are proven winners, who aren't actually good managers, but good at getting teams with the best players in the league? Uh, so then when they need to actually manage or better a team through training or tactics, they fall well short of expectations. Well, I think if you're a proven winner, it probably correlates pretty highly with being a good manager. Um, but I guess if you're asking about uh, being a good manager in the sense of improving young players, like Conte has done that in terms of improving players before. Like, no one could shut up about Victor Moses when we signed Conte and who was going to be the Victor Moses of the team. Um, so I think when you say good at getting teams with the best players, whether that's like they're good at talking their way into a room or they're good at managing egos or, or trying to balance out, you know, what players want, I think... Players are not idiots, though. So if you, if someone if I was managing to talk my way into the manager of Tottenham Hotspur, and then they're like, "All right, Barney, it's your first training," and I was like, "Um, like, <laughs> well, I'll put some cones out and um, just dribble around them, boys." Like, they're not they're going to be like, "What is this?" Yeah. Um, I just don't think again, no one can get to this level and be horrific at managing. I mean, Frank Lampard did do it, but, you know, he was a player. I mean, I, I do think there is maybe a difference in the sense of like, yeah, when the managers want to win. <laughs> and like, so if mm -hmm. you're a Conte or a Mourinho and you just want to win right now and you do want mainly more experienced players rather than mm. younger players who you can work on for a long term, then mm. I do think there is something in that. And I'd say if we did want to criticize Levy about managerial appointments, it might be that we kind of opted for the, you know, Mourinho and maybe Conte manager when we weren't quite ready yeah. to do that um, mm. from a financial sort of perspective. Like, I think if you go yeah. back and when we appointed Mourinho instead of that, we did go for more of a project manager, I think that would have tempered expectations a little bit and would also have given us time to actually settle into spending more on players, getting a recruiting a recruitment department set up differently and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, I think that there was definitely an element of Levy getting a bit distracted with the Hollywood names and mm. trying to deliver success. But then again, it's like a lot of fans are saying, we want success right now. We want to win this cup. We want to win this. We have to win right now, win right now. And it's like, you're not going to get that if you go, if we went for a 10 hug, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen for a few seasons either. And you would get more and more fans who are getting annoyed that we're not winning the FA Cup, for example. Mm. So I think it's a really challenging position to be in and, and what to go with. Because also at the end of the day, like 
we just don't operate in a void where we just buy players and then that's all that dictates if we win or not. Mm. Um, like we could end up spending 400 million for Conte and finish second to City every season because of the base that they already have in play. So yeah. I do think it's a really challenging position for all involved <laughs> and mm. there aren't really any easy answers with it. Totally. And I think you're on, you know, I think the clearest point which you made is that maybe we're signing Hollywood managers without then putting the blockbuster budget behind them. And, you know, that is, you know, that was talked about mid-season where it was like, what are Tottenham doing? Are they the club that buys young players and then develops them? Are they the club that buys older players that are like finished products? Um, if we're going to have a manager that works with those players, then we need to buy those players to suit that manager. But then what does that mean once that manager goes? Like, you know, once you start this, that cycle, it's like, it's very hard to then get out of it. Um, so yeah, I, uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think, look, if, if we had already been in a system where we were spending, you know, a hundred million every window, for a number of seasons and then someone like Conte comes in, then the base of the squad is going to be elevated and it's probably going mm. to be more successful going all in on someone like that. Yeah, totally. CL Awaring asks, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, where do we go from here? Caretaker manager Conte or try and find a new coach before the end of the season? I figured I'd give a non-movie club question a go, which I love, by the mm. way. Well, have you seen the film the Avengers. <laughs> what I think is we should get seven managers in and they should all join together and uh, manage this. No, I, I mean, like, no, I love that idea. I, I love that. Like <laughs> with like the bail money, when we brought in like the Magnificent Seven or whatever, <laughs> yeah. it's turn around. It's like, yeah. have you heard what Tottenham are doing? They're gone. Get, they saw Harry Kane. They went and got seven <laughs> managers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All with completely different skill sets and philosophies. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't buy a single player, but they got it's it's the coaching staff has really blossomed out. It's it's really there's a lot, and they've all brought their backroom staff. Yeah, there's now 165 <laughs> staff members on the coaching team. <laughs> I would love to see that. It probably would happen like there's that we'd find out like in the Dutch second division or something that there is a club that has taken <laughs> yeah. that approach. And it's yeah, actually working yeah. wonders for, and it's also yeah. helping the community as well. Yeah. 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 Somehow like it's like, because all of them run some kind of like communal veggie patch together yeah. or something like that. <laughs> um, um, I think keep Conte till the end of the season and then, then it's like, figure out what the hell you're going to do. Yeah. Whether, or what he, if he wants to go, then he goes, we get a new manager. If the club's like, eh, we're sick of this, then get a new manager, whatever. I don't know. And at this point, I just don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get it too. And I think like, as we were speaking uh, at the top of the episode too, about, you know, just how we're feeling about Conte and after Milan and then after this and, and, and then after Forrest and everything. Yeah. It is a scenario where I think it's like, if you, it's, it's hard to say, like, if you care too much, then maybe just like, you know, step away for a little bit in that sense. But I honestly think in situations like this, where there's just sort of, there are so many opinions going around. Um, it kind of can help to go and step back and go, you know what? I'm not going to get too frustrated about this. Like, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. So, you know, my solution is I'll just step away a little bit. Maybe I won't engage in Spurs news every day. Yeah. I'll sort of just take it 
take it easy um, because, you know, it's only a month or two until the end of the season. And then we're going to find out pretty quickly. Like this can't drag on again, <laughs> like pre-Conte. Surely not. When we got Nuno. So I think we'll find out mm. pretty soon what direction we're heading in. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, short one, but um, uh, a sweet one. Um <laughs> Um, I just, figured, that, I just to... figured you were like, we're at a bakery and you're selling me like, I'm like, well, what a, can I have that eclair? And you're like, well, it's yeah. a short one, but it's a sweet one. Don't yeah, question the sweetness. It's a sweet one. Yeah. It's, it's very sweet. It looks small, but trust me, you get your bang for your buck here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that eats this gets diabetes. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Um, as always on this podcast, I've played the role of Barney. I have uh, reprised the role of Dan. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.